everyone. Welcome to the program. Hey, we got Ruben Drieger. He's in the house today. So come join us. Hey, Ruben. It's great to have you on the program today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me on. No, I'm, I'm really excited. Honestly, I, I tell people all the time, but they often don't believe me. This is actually one of my favorite things to do. Like I actually genuinely look forward to just helping and serving people. So I'm excited to be on. Well, thank you. And you know, it's really exciting for, I love it too, because I get to meet people from all around the world. Um, and everyone has something to share to serve others. And as you said, it's about service of others. So I'm excited. I've looked at your background. You've got an amazing background from many different vantage points, whether from being a health coach or, you know, coming from small and growing big and growing businesses. So you have a lot to offer folks. So I'm excited to have you. So a little bit about you, I know, is that you have, you're a very successful online business coach. And I know that you do a lot of health coaching. You're like a mentor coach, mentor to other coaches, um, helping them build their business. Um, And you, congratulations, grew your business to six figures. That's fantastic. It's what everyone aspires to, right? Yeah. Um, And then you had a lot of people asking you like, well, how'd you do that? So you decided to make a shift into this business coaching to help others um, be successful as well. And it sounds like you've had a lot of impact and influence. You've helped hundreds of entrepreneurs and their businesses online and to grow it. Um, So thank you for being here. I think you're going to have a lot to share um, with others who are watching and listening in. Yeah, no, thank you. I'm I'm excited. And um, no, we absolutely love what we do. I mean, I've always been the kind of person that wanted to pursue something that I literally enjoyed and can do very well. So um, yeah, let's dive in. So tell me a little bit about yourself. I know you come from a real small town. I do too. So I get, I get that whole thing. Okay, yeah. from like, like I came from a dairy farm, a community. So there I you go. All, yeah. My friends were, my friends were dairy farmers as well. So no, <laughs> I totally get it. Like where, where I grew up, like it was either basically you were a farmer, you were construction or you were like a pastor actually. So I actually, I, I have this feeling to be a pastor, but I, I, it just didn't end up being the right, the right thing for me. Um, <laughs> But no, basically I grew up in a very small town and um, really good family, but I always had this, I had this feeling, I, did, I don't know how to describe it, that I wanted to do something big in life. Yeah. Um, and a couple, a couple things that happened to me in my teenage years, uh, being in a couple car accidents and having a friend pass away, really solidified for me that like, I wanted to do something I wasn't okay with just like doing kind of the normal in life. And so I didn't know what that was. I really didn't. It was, it was, it was, it took me a long time to figure out what I was actually passionate about. My, my wife actually, to be completely honest, was an entrepreneur before <laughs> me. And, um, I was at the time I was a bricklayer. So I was laying brick driveways. I was doing all these things. And, um, I just, I mean, I saw her, she was a health coach online actually at the time. And, uh, she's a great, had a great business going on, making more than me. And I was working like 60, 70 hours a week, like carrying bricks around. And so I was like, there's got to be something out there for me, like in this, in this way. So I tried a lot of businesses. I failed at, I think three or four before my wife and I actually kind of teamed up and did the health coaching thing. I did more of the fitness coaching thing together. Um, we grew that business up. We were doing very well. And then, yeah, kind of like you, you mentioned, we, we had a lot of people just say, Hey, how did you do that? How did you go from working for someone to being your own coach, to helping and serving people, making great income? So naturally it was about three and a half years ago. We, we started helping people do that and, um, it's turned into a really great business where we're serving right now. Currently we're serving about 55 different entrepreneurs growing their businesses at this point and, uh, couldn't be happier about what we're doing. Yeah. I love how you use the term serve others because 
Um, I think that just brings a whole different approach mentality and you know, a sense of love and care uh, for others because those 55 folks that you're working with are supporting their families and helping others and it's that yeah. ripple effect. So the service that you provide really is a broad reaching service in so many ways. Yeah, and we one of the kind of we actually I was I had a team call with with my team on Monday and we were going over what are the values of our company, yeah. and one of the one of the values that I kind of said is that we we always want to be heart centered but business savvy because there's there's some people who kind of are one way or the other where they're so heart centered loving that they never charge people for anything they feel bad selling but then there's there's the opposite where people are very aggressive and assertive in sales don't really care about the people they just care about the numbers behind it so we try to we try to synergize them by being heart centered and business savvy put those two together that's that's kind of the message we try to bring out there yeah i love that i love that combination um, and you talked about working with your team and talking about your values you know, these, th these times are a little bit different and yeah. people are, are approaching things differently. What are some of the things that you are thinking about and what you're coaching your entrepreneurs about as they face these times today? This, this is a really good question. So are you okay if I get pretty tactical with what we're you telling think, people? I think, I think tactical, Ruben, is what's going to help people okay. listening in. Okay. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about a couple different things. So I'm gonna talk about pricing structures in this time. I'm gonna talk about um, how we need to market a little bit differently, and then I'm also going to talk about how to be sensitive with the leads that are coming into your business. Because these three areas, basically, we tweaked these for our clients very soon as this this whole COVID nineteen situation was happening. And um, we had one week where client results went down a little bit, but now they've been going up and some people have been getting better results than ever. So I'm going to share exactly what we did. Sure, yeah. So whenever, um, basically the COVID-19 situation kind of triggered a bit of a recession. People are, are losing jobs. A lot of like the, the mid economy was moved, moved from mid economy to a bit of the lower economy. So what you need to realize is when you're, when that happens, Basically, when we're selling something online, oftentimes we have low-tier products, we have mid-tier mid, mid products, and we have high-tier products. Yeah. And it actually basically corresponds with the different levels of the economy. And so what we saw is that our clients, they were still able to sell premium packages because people that could afford it before this could still afford it now. Yeah. Now, people that could afford low-ticket before could still afford low-ticket now. It was that middle tier, which for, for our clients, um, if you want, if I'm going to get super tactical, was around the $300 to $500 per month mark is sure. where we started to see a bit of a drop in people buying at that price point. Okay. So it, it, there was a little bit of a, a gap there. So what we did with our clients is we helped them really solidify a premium offer. That's the first thing is we, we made sure the premium offer was still standing so they could get clients. Um, some of our coaches, our fitness coaches, health coaches are still signing up $2,000, $3,000 packages because there's, a, there's still a market for that. Yeah. Then what we've also gotten them to do is to create a flexible payment option for people where they can extend payments longer. We can do different things in the pricing structure to make it easy and affordable for people in this time to still buy. Mm -hmm. So that's, so that's, that's the number one. Number two, we changed the marketing. Like I said, basically before this, a lot of these things we kind of marketed as a, this will help optimize your life. It's something that you guys want. Yeah. We've changed it to more, this is, we've changed it from basically want, which is kind of like a vitamin, to yeah. more of a need, which is like a painkiller. 
So we've changed it to, we're not kind of focused on just getting people who want it. We, we're going after the people who do truly need it in this time and yeah. who are still looking for it. Okay. And so that's what we've changed in the marketing. And then the third and final piece, I know I'm going a little, little deep here. Um, fantastic. The, the yeah. third thing is when you're generating leads and you, you're having traffic coming in, used to be you can just try to sell them all. We, we can sell them all. Um, we kind of pitch the same thing to all of them. We, we don't really discriminate between them. Right. Now, in this situation, there are some people who are really hesitant, who are really sensitive, who are going through really tough times, right. and they still really want slash need the help, but maybe it's not a good time. So one of the things I've gotten our coaches to really realize is when you're in that conversation, you're nurturing, right. you're building a relationship, ask them questions about how they're feeling about this current situation. If they're feeling okay, we go along as normal business and offer to get on calls with them and sign them up for our program. If they're really hesitant, what we do, which we didn't do as much before, is we just provide a ton of free value and we ask if we can follow up in a month to six weeks when this thing maybe will have calmed down, maybe it will have been lifted, maybe they've been getting some money from the government, et cetera. So those are the three areas that we've gotten really tactical and just surgical with actually changing up. And our clients are, I mean, they're doing great. They're like, we're still seeing just as good results as we were before because we made those changes. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I love the idea how, because I haven't heard a lot of people talk about that focus on the premium. Because I think a lot of people now are focusing on the lower end because they think everyone's so scared. But I, you're right. I mean, this is what I keep saying. There, there's money out there and people are spending their money, but they're spending it on things that they really feel they need. And from a health perspective and, and fitness, well, people really need that now just for, uh, to stay, to survive, really. Yeah, totally, totally. And, no, it's, 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 and it is a bit of a mindset shift because a lot, of, a lot of our clients coming into this were very scared. They slashed their prices. They started giving stuff away for free. And so it's, I mean, it's really understanding like the, the people in the upper economy that, that were making good money um, before that had savings, they really do want stuff in this time. And so there's, it's, it's really getting to the mindset you can still serve people at that capacity. So um, I think they're, the, the tactical and like the strategy, it shows sure. logically that that is the case, yeah. but there is definitely a mindset block that a lot of people have to overcome in order to, to still get those premium clients. I know one of our clients, um, she, she took two weeks off where she was a little bit uh, apprehensive about it and really pulled back. In those two weeks, we, we worked on her mindset. She went back out there, and in two weeks, she got 12 more clients at over $1,000 each. And so it was, it was just very telling, yeah. right? It was, at that point, it wasn't that the market was bad for her. It was yeah. her mindset held her back. And so we always talk about that because mindset is, I mean, it's, it's, it's more than half the battle, I think. <laughs> it is half the battle. Where are you finding people getting stuck right now? Just maybe not your client, yeah. but what I'm finding and what I'm hearing is people are just mentally stuck. Uh -huh. And how are you finding them getting stuck and how are you helping them get unstuck? Yeah, I think there's a couple different areas. So the first one, which, which surprised me a little bit, but then I realized um, I, I, I understand where it's coming from is a lot of people are getting stuck because their schedule and their daily routine has changed and it's caused them to be a little bit, not, not, not lazy, but a little bit in this limbo mode of like not doing actually as much as they used to. Not because they don't know how to do it or they don't have the work ethic, but because their whole schedule was switched up. Sure. So I'm seeing a lot of people who had jobs and maybe were working on, on side business or had 
whatever it was. Now they're, they're just like, I don't know what to do. Like, there's like, like, I feel like I get one thing done in a day or nothing done in a day. Yeah. So I think the first thing for people is really, okay, your, your, your routine is completely different. I get that. Let's come up with a new one, set a new routine, figure out how to, how to structure your day. I think that's the first thing people, people sure. really rely on structure. Yeah. So that's the first thing. And I think the second thing that I've seen a lot of people get really stuck in is obviously in the fear, because to be honest, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's going on that is scary as far as people losing jobs, people are getting sick. There are some people that are, are dying. And so there's, yeah. Yeah, there, there's this fear around it, which paralyzes people. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that, I mean, that's going to be something that everyone has to process or work through a little bit differently. I don't think that it's good to judge people as on a blanket statement, say everyone should get over the fear by this way. I think yeah. there's different means for different people, but I do think that people can take the responsibility and work through it to sure. still, whether it's become their best selves or, or figure out how to do what they can do in this time. So those are the two areas um, that I've seen a lot of people get stuck in. Absolutely. So you talked about morning routine. Share with us, what's your morning routine, Ruben? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. So um, this is actually, this is a good topic and I, I better do a good job because my, my wife actually, she, she actually has this full like morning, morning routine that a lot of people follow. Like it's, it's something that's really, really great. Um, and so my morning routine is, I mean, we obviously, we actually don't wake up with an alarm. We, we wake up when we wake up. Usually it is around seven o'clock. Um, that's usually when we wake up. So the first thing we do is we come downstairs, we, we make our coffee, we have to sit here on the couch. Um, and oftentimes we'll, we'll read some books, we'll, yeah. we'll do a meditation. My wife usually does meditations in the morning. I often do after work. So, but we're doing some of this stuff. Um, usually I take the, take the dogs out. Um, then when I come back inside, um, there's two things that we do before work, which is exercise. So this, this morning we, I, we have a Peloton bike, so I, I hit a quick okay. 20 minute yep. spin class here and then um we also clean up the house so one of the things that we're really big about and i sucked at this back in the day <laughs> bless my wife for this she's she's incredible um but she always she always told me that a cluttered house is a cluttered mind mm -hmm. and so we make sure that the house is i mean you can see it behind her this isn't just for the the, the video it's, it's 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 literally um how we set up our house because we want to make sure when we get into work everything's where it should be and so Basically, that usually leads us about to 9 to 10 o'clock, that, that whole morning routine, 7 to 9 or 7 to 10, and then uh, we dive into work for the day. Okay. You know, I think one of the things that I heard you say was you do a 20-minute Peloton bike ride. Yeah. And I think people need to understand it doesn't need to be 45 minutes or an hour. Exactly. 20 minutes or 15 minutes has a huge impact. Yeah, it's, it's quick. And I mean, it, it, it killed me. Like, I, I think I yeah wrote like, yeah, 20 minutes and I was I was done. I was done. And I, I think it's I mean, it's just good. To, yeah, a lot of people, they do think it's gonna take an hour to get a good workout in. Sure. No, like, I mean, I do a Peloton a couple times a day, we have some weights up, upstairs in the house. And so I'll sometimes do some body weight and weights. And again, like, yeah, 20, 30, max 40 minutes for me. Um, and so it, you can get it in pretty quick. Sure. So notwithstanding what's happening today in yeah. our landscape, what is one thing that all entrepreneurs need to do to be really successful? Yeah, that's a good question. So notwithstanding. I got a million good questions. We can yeah. go on hours. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. So when, when I'm talking to any kind of entrepreneur, mm -hmm. it always comes down to what I talk about, which is, the, I say it's the foundation system. And so there's five P's we call it in the foundation system that if you have all five of these, 
you can go out and you can crush it. So the five P's are, number one, we talk about, you need to know who's the person or the people that you're going to serve. So first thing is the right person. The second thing is you need to understand what is the main massive problem or pain point that this person has in their life that you can help serve them with it. So we have the person, we have the pain point. The third thing that we have is what is the perfect product? What's the offer? What's the thing that you can deliver to them that will help them in a certain time frame get rid of that pain in their life? The fourth thing in the, in the, in the piece is price point. All these different people can afford different things. So you need to have a price point that's really good in your market, whether like we talked about the different ones before, but a price point that's really good. So if it's, I mean, if it's for teenagers and it's a health or fitness coach, it usually will have to be a bit cheaper. Um, For certain people that have really great jobs, you can charge a lot more. So the right price point where people find it, they can still afford it. It's good and profitable for your business, of course. Um, And then the fifth and final thing is positioning is that you are the right person or you you're positioning yourself as the person who can help them. So I I basically, if an entrepreneur has those five things, um, they have such a firm foundation that you can go out and you can serve people. You can gain traction. So those, I always say like lots of people, they go after kind of the quote unquote sexier things in business, like acquiring clients, scaling systems, which all have their place. But if you don't have the foundation right, you you actually won't ever get there. Right. But you talked about um, people like who you serve, right? Mm-hmm. The people that you serve. And I would think in the health and fitness industry, may, the answer often is, well, I can serve anybody, anyone who wants yeah. to get healthy. So how do you help the entrepreneur find who truly yeah. is their target customer? Yeah, it's, it, this is a great question. And here's, here's the thing. I mean, most health and fitness coaches, they could help anybody. Um, but and the, the problem isn't even like when we talk about getting niched or getting narrow, it's not because, um, it's, it's not because you can't help people. It's because you can actually get traction faster. And so it's actually more of a speed play than actually, a, than actually like uh, anything else. So it's, it's just speed to market. The more niche you get, the faster you'll get to be at the top in that niche. Um, and so when, when people are trying to figure out who do I want to serve, there's a couple of different things that we look at. The first thing is we look at their personal story. Who were you? What was your own personal transformation? Oftentimes, the ideal client that you want to go after is currently in a situation where you used to be in yourself. So that's a very common one. Now, to be completely honest, though, there are some people who literally will attract opposites. So we have a lot of male coaches who attract a lot of females and vice versa. And there's, I think there's a bit of a natural bend towards that for some people. And so, so the second thing, so the first thing is we often say, look at your story um, and see who you would naturally would attract because of what you went through. The second thing is who is naturally attracted to you and who is coming to you naturally. Um, and so if, if you're naturally, if you're, if you're a female and you're naturally getting guys and as long as they're good, like there's, there's some, some, some times when people yeah. cross boundaries in those situations, right. we exactly. don't allow that. It's a one strike rule. We're, we're out with that. Mm-hmm. But if you're naturally attracting someone and you really do enjoy working with them and you love getting the results, just double down on that. And so, yeah, some people like to say that one way is better than the other, but we've seen both work. And so, um, that's kind of what our advice is. You know, I love the whole, the idea of look at your story uh-huh. and find out where you were and how you can relate to your 
client. I, I think that's great because I think sometimes we forget about that. And I, I feel sometimes that there are folks that want to work with only one type of person, yeah. but they just can't relate to that type of person. It's hard. It's yeah. hard when you can't relate. I mean, yeah. I think the most effective coaches to be, to be completely honest are the ones who have literally gone through what their clients are going through. There are coaches who are more of what we call like an academic coach where they've learned the stuff, maybe they haven't experienced it and they do yeah. teach it. Um, I mean, for instance, like a, like a professor is a, is a good example, yeah. a professor that teaches business but has never built a business. They can on an academic level very well teach people, but I think to be completely effective, you need to have a well-rounded person who's experienced yeah. and studied, in my personal opinion. Okay. I love that. No, I think that's a great idea. A, a great thought. So, you know, I was reading something about you. I'm going to shift gears for a bit. And you talked about yeah. an Instagram story. And one thing that's really interesting now is social media is flooded with garbage. In a mm. lot of ways. Yeah. And there's just so much out there and everyone's and everyone's putting out things such as these are unprecedented times. And I said, if I see that one more time, I'm going to scream because many <laughs> people have said it and we all know it. And we're all living it. Yeah. Um, but social media does have a lot of, um, it has a, an important place and mm -hmm. it's an important tool uh, for um, entrepreneurs to be using. So yeah. tell me, first of all, your Instagram story. And then if you would tell us a little bit about how you're using social media now um, for your business. Yeah, totally. For sure. No, I mean, Instagram, Instagram is a really interesting platform. It's great for business. Lots of great stuff going on there. Um, I actually, so I first built up a pretty big Instagram account where we, we had a following up 35,000 people in it and um, it was going well. However, we were getting basically a lot of quantity of traffic and stuff, but we weren't getting the quality that we wanted. Okay. So actually about seven months ago, I um, started a brand new Instagram account where we're doing most of our stuff now that only has a thousand followers, which is funny because a lot of people equate followers to, to income. Um, and we're making more money on this small account than we are on the big account because we focused on quality relationships, okay. quality leads. So uh, Instagram, any platform, I mean, basically every platform kind of has the same journey. It starts a certain way. And then as it grows, more things are added. There's certain things in the algorithm that change. And so every platform, whether it was Google at a certain time, ad cost was super cheap, super high. Facebook used to have big reach. Now it's low because it's paid ads. Instagram, same thing. TikTok is now the one that has lots of organic reach. In five years from now, it's going to have hardly any organic reach, but there's going to be paid advertisement. So they're all moving in a certain way, right? And so I think the main thing for entrepreneurs or people that want to want to be influencers of any type is to realize on social media, you need to do more creation than consuming. We talk about it all the time because if you get caught up in the, the consuming of it, you get down different holes, you get into these different places where um, you get things in your mind and you start to maybe panic about stuff. You're reading all this stuff going on and all this like people's opinions, this and that and that. So it's, it's learning to, cut back on the consuming and basically I always say create three times as much as you consume and so that really limits your consuming because you can't create a hundred posts a day and so um, that's kind of one of the main things I would say. Okay, I think that's really good advice. So you talked about putting out content more than what you're consuming. Yeah. How do you approach or how do you, how do you determine the content that's most valuable for you to put out there? That's, that's a great question. So 
everything in business, I like it's, it always comes back to that, that foundation system that I talked about. So it really comes down to that person and the pain point that they have. Yeah. And so one of the, lots of people, they ask me, okay, what kind of content should I produce? So there's a couple of different frameworks that I think about. So number one, I think about types of content and then I get specific for specific niches. So the types of content that we like to produce is there is story content. There is, because your content should, it's, it's a classic saying, should get people to know, like, and trust you. Very, very kind of classic business talk. So what content gets people to know you? Well, telling your story, talking about your hard times, your successes, the different things that you learned along the way in, in a story yeah. format. Very great way to get people to know you. Sure. How do you get people to like you? Well, this happens a couple different ways. There's a couple different ways that people can like you. Some of it's just like uh, you make them feel good, which could be a motivational kind of post or sure. even a funny post. But other kind of content that gets people to like you is providing very valuable, tangible stuff that can help them in their day to day. It's, it's almost like educational content. Sure. Um, and so this can be something that if your ideal client is struggling with something, give them a tip on how to get over it today. So that's, that's the second type, getting them to like you. And then the third one is getting them to trust you. And again, there's a couple different types within this, but mainly it's, it's social proof, showing that you have the results that they want. Or another way that you can do trust content is to be very raw and vulnerable with people about what's going on and your journey because people don't trust people who are perfect all the time. They just don't. They, they know you're lying. They know, they know it's fake. And so... Those are, so those are the types of content. Now, if you want to get very specific, you want to, I always get um, the people that I work with or entrepreneurs in general to write out what are the main problems or pains that your ideal client has. And then also list out what are the things that they desire in their life that they really want to achieve, the status, the, the weight loss, the business, the relationship, whatever it is. And then basically start to create content off of that. Now, one last tip I'll quickly give on this yeah. is the best ideas for content will come from conversations with your ideal clients. Okay. Literally just ask them, what kind of content could I produce that would be helpful for you? Ask that on your feed. You can literally post that. Hey, if, if, if you want to work with, let's say you want to help um, entrepreneurial women with their mindset, just type them, hey, you women who are entrepreneurs, what kind of content could I create that would help you with your mindset? Or what are you struggling with in your mindset that I could create a five minute video and post it here to help you with? Sure. Just ask them. That's honestly, that is the best one. You can come up with frameworks and all that kind of stuff, which is good. The best is just simply asking them. And I think that's great advice. And I often find that people don't do that because they want to be an expert um, yeah. And sometimes as an expert, they feel like they shouldn't be asking, but truly you don't always know unless you truly ask. And there's, there's nuggets of gold in there when you talk to your clients. hundred percent often. Yeah. You, you're, you're so right, Barbara. Like most of us want to be like, this is what you need instead of asking them, what do they need? We, we, right. we often make that, that mistake of literally not, I mean, we're just not asking enough questions. Most people, they, they talk too much and they don't ask enough questions and it's, yeah. it's better to ask more of the questions. Absolutely. You know, it's obviously you've done a lot of thought around this and it's great that you're sharing all this information. There's something that I read that I want to ask you about mm -hmm. and have you um, share uh, more information about. Yeah. You said you changing the language of pushing to attract things. Yeah. 
Tell me about that. Yeah, so basically, I mean, a lot of people, um, I would say in the last five years in the online space, started using very, I would call them assertive or aggressive tactics in their content and in how they, they message with people to, mm -hmm. to gain a clientele. And um, basically how I, this is a very bad example, but I have never thought of a better like metaphor or, or figure um, to, to kind of explain this, but it's kind of like if you meet a stray dog who you don't really know each other yet. Mm -hmm. And uh, usually if you push to, to like go pet it, it'll back up. Yeah. No, not always, but in, in lots of cases, they'll, they'll back up. So I, I think more of it, how can you basically throw treats? And this is, this is where the example, I don't, I don't like it, but basically throw free stuff that your ideal client would find valuable on social media. Now, this could be done in a message. So I'll give a super tactical example. If someone's been liking your content who you think would be an ideal client, reach out to them and just say, hey, I created this ebook. I created this video on this topic that I think you would find helpful because I know you've been enjoying some of our content. Should I send it your way? Most people are more than happy to get something that would be relevant, helpful for them, and they've already gone to see your content, so they trust you already. So that's, it's showing like a sign of goodwill. They're making a small commitment with you, and if they make that small commitment and they stick with it, there's a big chance there'll be a bigger commitment down the road. So it's, it's learning to understand what is actually attractive to them mm -hmm. and how to get it in front of them, different ways, content, sending them a message, uh, podcast, et cetera, yeah. that they're going to be now like, okay, I do want to take that small step. Yeah. So you talked about your Instagram account and how you yeah. change it. You close one down, you open a new one up. Um, what is an Instagram account that you like, that you follow, that you think oh, is really a good, good one? Um, so probably, so I have, I have two main people that I look up to, um, overall in entrepreneur, in entrepreneurship, but on Instagram specifically. Yeah. So one is, you've probably heard of Rachel Hollis, um, yeah. someone that I, I love her and her husband, Dave, and, and what they, what they do, uh, what they stand for, how they run their social media and their yeah. Instagram. Um, and then there's, there's a, there's a man called Ed Milet, um, who, um, really, really, truly love, um, love his his Instagram, how he's doing it, but also just his heart and his business savviness. Again, these are both people, Rachel Hollis and Ed Milet, who I would say are heart-centered and business savvy. Um, okay. And they do stuff very, very well. So how do you spell the name of the last, the gentleman? I love yeah. Rachel Hollis, but how do you spell his name? Ed Milet, so obviously as E-D, and then yeah. Milet is M-Y-L-E-T-T, -T, I believe. Okay, great. Um, so yeah, he's, he's great. Um, I mean, massive entrepreneur. I think he was um, top 50 under 50 in the States for wow. entrepreneurs. So very, very, very well respected and just has the biggest heart around, which is, I think, why I, I like him so much. Yeah. So more importantly, what is your Instagram account? Yeah. Oh, my Instagram. So um, it's just Ruben Drieger. It's my name. So lots of people, they, they Rubens can be spelt a couple different ways. So it's R-E-U. B E N. Then my last name is Drieger, which is D R I E D G E R. So it's, it's just first name, last name, no spaces, no dots. It's, it's, it's a uh, very simple. <laughs> awesome. Well, another thing I read about you is you mentioned there was a point when you were running your business that, that really just kind of morphed you from here to there. Yeah. Um, something happened. Can you share that with us? Yeah, no, totally. So, um, and, and this is, this is, this is helpful because I think, one of my mentors always told me, he said, Ruben, every new level has its own devil. 
and in entrepreneurship and in different areas of life, actually, whenever you hit a certain level, you can maintain there now because you've hit it, you understand it. But to get to the next level, it requires a new version of you, a better version of you, and you overcoming some of those devils as it were. So um, lately, the transition that I went through that allowed us to go from, I mean, we're doing good. We were doing multiple six figures. We were, we're doing quite well. To, to get into that next level to where we're, we're going to make a million dollars this year, it was really, really hard, which was me letting go control of a lot of areas in my business that I thought I had to stay in. Um, so we've started to build out a team of people that are helping us. They're, they're helping coaching our clients. They're helping us with our marketing. I've been hiring. I mean, we hired three new people this last month and we're at a team of about eight right now. And it's allowed us to hit that next level and, and still start climbing to the, the one after that because I realized a couple of things that if I hire someone and train them right and they do just one job, they can do it better than me. Right. And, and number two, the only way for me to actually create the vision I want and help the amount of people I want is for me to have a team. And so it was, it was a massive mindset shift um, because to be completely honest, and I actually shared this on another podcast that I did right before this one, is 2019, we plateaued the entire year. We, were, we, we stayed between thirty dollars and $40,000 per month of revenue coming in every single month. And we never got above it. And the reason was because I didn't let go control. It was, it was, I was the bottleneck. My, my, my mentor told me I was the bottleneck. Um, and so now we're having a year that's doing a lot better. And it's, it's because of that change. Sure. Fantastic. And well, I think the other thing I'm hearing you say is not only are you a mentor, but you also know that as successful as you are, it's good to have mentors in your life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So do you typically have one or two mentors at the same time? Or do you like you get to a plateau and you have to go to a different mentor? Or how do you look at mentorship for yourself? Good question. So um, actually, I made a post of this the other day. But the main thing I always say is when I have a purpose or a reason to get a mentor, yeah. I will I will then get a mentor. I'm not someone who believes you always have to have a mentor in every area of life. Some people like they always have like five mentors. Yeah. Um, so for me, I like when I want to reach a specific thing in business and I like I haven't done it yet, I will get a mentor for that. If I want to improve my relationship, I will get something to help me with that. So I always look at it. So there's different areas. Sometimes a mentor can be a good friend that keeps me accountable to something. Sometimes a mentor could be a therapist. Um, sometimes a mentor could be a literal business mentor who is helping me scale my business up. Yeah. And so um, for me, I, I have, throughout the year, I'll have multiple different ones, and they're always for a specific season, helping me with a specific thing. Okay. What, I have this term that I use, I'm, and, I, yeah. and I'm actually writing a book, and the, the title's called Push Up Great. the Sun. It's, it's my fourth book. The yeah. title's called Push Up the Sun. And the premise of it is, it's, now you talked about waking up, you, you know, you don't use an alarm, but you wake up, but there are people, metaphorically, Mm -hmm. that wake up and want to push the sun up and get the day going as right. opposed to waiting for the day to come to them. What makes right. you want to wake up and push up the sun every day? Yeah, that's a great question. So for me, honestly, it's um, like the, the mission that we're accomplishing with, with the clients we work with, it motivates me. It, it motivates me to see the change we're making. Um, and so honestly, like the, the greatest quote unquote high that I get in my day is seeing people transform within how we're serving them. So I love to get to my work and as it is push up the sun to get to there and to help more people do that. Awesome. 
So we've talked about a lot of things and, and um, how do you maintain your energy day after day after day? Because there's a lot going on and you're, you know, there's, there's something where I was talking to someone else today, I was talking to someone the other day and they said, you know, I'm just depleted because I keep giving, giving, giving. And I said, well, mm-hmm. so the difference between giving, there's sharing, but you have to be able to receive mm-hmm. um, and you have to let it flow through you. And it sounds like you have really found a way to flow through you. How do you maintain that energy? Every yeah, day? that's great. I know one of, one of the people that I look up to always says that um, power plants don't take in energy, they create it. And so I'm a, I'm a big believer that you create the energy and there's, there's different levels to it. I think one is just from a a straight up health standpoint. I mean, you need to get a certain amount of sleep. You need to eat the right foods and drink water and exercise. Very, very basic. This will help you get more energy on, on a physical standpoint. Um, The second thing I really think is you got to have boundaries in your day of how much you're spending. So um, I used to work 16 hours a day and I would be exhausted. We've cut that back down. I mean, I probably only work about seven hours a day. Um, and I spend the rest of my time, like I told you about my morning routine, but also in the mm-hmm. evening doing other things because you cannot keep on giving and giving and giving and giving and giving um, and, and expect you to be at a place where you have great energy. And usually the people that are giving so much and not actually having the energy, usually I think it's probably two things. It's either they're not charging enough for what they're doing, which is making them having to give so much to just survive, or number two, they hit the same plateau that I hit, and they're not outsourcing things, and they're not learning that actually having a bigger a bigger team or having more people to help you allows you to do more of what you want to do, but actually maintain your energy. So there's a there's a couple different things structure wise, um, health wise, that um, for me have been a game changer. Yeah. What's your favorite food? Oh my gosh, favorite food. Oh, I'm, I'm, uh, oh, you, that was such a great question. You know, I, I absolutely, like, I'm, I love a lot of different kinds. Yeah. Um, I grew up in, um, in, in, a, in a Mennonite community. I don't know, most people probably don't know that, but it had like a lot of like heavy carbs and, and yeah. meats and stuff like that, which I love that. But to be completely honest, I really love Mexican food. I really love um, that whole culture. And so that's probably my yeah. answer. Awesome. So what haven't we talked about that you think is important to share um, with all those people working so hard to build or maintain uh, their business today? Yeah, I guess the final thing I would say is um, that I've been learning the last two years is that um, what you're not tracking, you'll never grow. Um, I was, I was, I was the person who was not organized in the past. I didn't track anything. I didn't track, um, like revenue month to month. I didn't track leaves coming in sales. I didn't track anything. Um, when I started to actually track, I literally have like 10 trackers in my Google drive right now that I look at every day. Um, I started to see why things happened and why things didn't happen. And I was able to start making moves that actually incentivized growth into my business. And so I think a lot of people put in so much work but they never actually measure things. And so it's a classic, what you don't measure doesn't get managed. And when you don't manage something, it's not going to grow. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So tell me, so what is it that you look like in your, you talked about what your Google analytics, is that what it is that you look at? Uh, Google drive. So, so Google drive is like, I have a bunch of Excel sheets in my Google drive as it oh, were. Your Google drive. Okay. Got it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we track a lot of different things. I mean, obviously we track revenue, projected revenue. We track client capacity, where clients are at. We track a lot of stuff on the client acquisition side as far as where are we getting leads from, 
how many calls do we have? What is our close rate? A lot of these different things. And so um, it's, it's kind of some, some basic stuff, but a lot of stuff that most entrepreneurs just don't do. They kind of, they kind of ride by the seat of their pants and just, uh, just go for it, um, which I, I did for, for three years as well. So I, I get it. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, Ruben, if people wanted to get in touch with you, how would they do that? Yeah, I mean, the Instagram is a great place. I, I hang out on Instagram. I probably am actually more active on Facebook. Again, it's just Ruben Drieger. It's, okay. it's my social media is where I hang out a lot. Um, but if people, like we have, we have a free community on Facebook with um, over a couple, yeah, a couple hundred over 2,000 people in it. Um, where we have actually like three dozen trainings just on different points of entrepreneurship, just helping people for free. It's, sure. it's called aspiring online coaches. It's, we just give free value in it um, and just try to, yeah, just kind of support our community. So that would probably be it. Okay, great. Well, Ruben, this has been just a delight to spend time with you. And, you know, I, I can tell um, what's really refreshing is I can tell that you really, um, you know, you really understand the way to serve people, but balancing that with, you know, building a business. And I think you've hit on a lot of really key topics that um, really get in the way of people not reaching their true level of success. So thank you for um, your abundance of serving and sharing uh, with the listeners and, and those who are viewing the program today. Yeah, no, honestly, like, thank you for having me on. Like I said at the beginning, and I'll say it again, I literally enjoy this. It's, it's, it's something I look forward to. So honestly, thank you for having me on. Yeah, no, it was great. And maybe in the future, we'll have you back on again when, uh, as we go through, if that's okay. Awesome. That sounds great. Would love to. All right. You have a wonderful day. Thank you.